The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Angel Face Magic Hour. We're here on the podcast and we have a special guest. I'm very excited. We're here with Feather. Feather, I met at the spa that I work at, Bliss, and she does massage and facials, but now she's doing a lot more energy work and healing and teaching. And I just think she's a very interesting person. So I asked her to come on the podcast. But I'd like to just have you briefly introduce yourself, where who you are, where you're located, and a little bit about your practice. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on here with you. Thank you for asking. Yes, thank <laughs> um, you for coming. Yeah. So my name is Feather. I'm located in Sebastopol. And currently, I am sharing... Um, a couple of different styles of energy healing, um, the main one being kundalini bodywork um, and also spinal energetics. So what these modalities really are is kind of blending a lot of different modalities together to bring harmony and balance to the body. And so, yeah, it's been a fun journey to get here. Um, I've you met me when I was doing aesthetics so I've I've become a massage therapist I'm an esthetician a Reiki master I do so many different things I'm also a health coach an integrative nutrition health coach Um, I'm also an Ayurvedic yoga teacher so I've studied extensively Ayurveda and Ayurvedic self-care um, I'm also a Tao Tantric Arts Facilitator for Women, um, which is one of my favorite things to do. And really what is kind of what enriches the Kundalini bodywork as well. Um, I teach Qigong, Tao Tantric Qigong. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I you have a quite the resume. I'm also a somatic erotic educator, so I find the somatic aspect of my work really comes from that um, training and that understanding of how to access the somatic part of our experience, um, which I think is really important with energy healing. So, so yeah. yeah, I think it's beautiful. And, you know, you have a lot of different types of training. So it's like interesting to bring all those things together. And I got to do a session with you and it was very interesting. So different from, you know, it's still energy healing, but it's very different from Reiki because it's a lot more like physical, like your body will move and shift and that can definitely happen in a Reiki session, but it's not as common um, for your body to like move and shift. And so it was very interesting. And I definitely felt like a big shift in my lower back and just like pain and stuff so I think it's something interesting that people can explore but I just want to have you kind of explain a little bit about some of those modalities and then we'll talk a little bit as I mentioned to you earlier we'll talk a little bit about how you got to all this work that you're doing Mm now but yeah I don't know if there's one you want to start first with, but I'd love to hear just your kind of like explanation for people wondering 
about the kundalini practice mm-hmm. as well as just like a kind of short explanation of what is tantra because that's yeah. such a broad subject but just so people can kind of get an idea of what that is and what it means for you in your practice so I don't know where you want to start but yeah so well let's start with the kundalini bodywork and the spinal energetics so I'm currently blending these two modalities into a modality called somatic energetic healing And what's really beautiful about it is with the Kundalini bodywork, we're working with the chakras, we're working with um, emotional release, we are accessing Kundalini. We're not necessarily waking up Kundalini or helping Kundalini to rise, but what essentially the energy healing is doing is clearing the pathway so that when Kundalini wants to rise, it rises with ease. the one thing that holds us back from our creative expression and our erotic aliveness is the ways that we have identified with emotions, with our past, with where, what we've been through and where we've come from, you know, all the things that we've been through in our life we tend to hold on to. And it's those things that inhibit our essence, our aliveness, our bliss, them to truly awaken in our body. And so the Kundalini bodywork is really about clearing those pathways, allowing the emotion to come up and out of the body, um, to feel into where we hold back, where we withhold, where we repress or repress our energy. And it's an opportunity to liberate those channels. And so again, like you shared, it's not just a modality where you lay there and receive. It's actually an opportunity for you to completely surrender the need to intellectualize the control of the mind um, and let the mind come into full service of the body. And when we do this, the body's natural response is to come back into harmony. And so as I bring chi and prana into the field, it gives the body enough energy to begin to unravel and discharge the stress, um, the holding patterns, the tension, the emotions, the things that we're always like holding ourselves together. It really gives it a, the body a chance to recalibrate And so there can be trembling, there can be um, undulations in the spine. Um, Very few people will lay still on my table because the body is just discharging all of the, the repressed energy. And when we do this, for some people, it can be like, whoa, that seems like it would be way intense, right? Like... I was just gonna say, it's not as scary as that might sound to some people. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, like uh, so many of us hold back and repress so much that we're like, oh, what's going to come up, right? But the cool thing about our beings and our body is that in a session, nothing will happen that is beyond our control or beyond our capacity, right? And so what's neat about it is I like to kind of... um, compare it to a medicine journey in a sense where when you take a plant medicine you can go into these places of 
feeling where your blocked energy is and allow the emotion to come up and out. And it's almost like the medicine, you have to surrender to the medicine and then it can last a certain, certain amount of time that you really don't have control over. Well, with this, you can go into those heightened places, those elevated places, but open your eyes and completely come back into the moment. So it's not like you don't have control. It's not like as an emotion comes up, you completely surrender and you you um, are able to aren't able to control it, right? So in the world of somatics, there is a term called titration, and it means slow drips over time. And so generally in a session with me, the first session is just really getting to kind of feel where those places are and feel into what that surrendering is because you're not surrendering to me as a practitioner you're really surrendering to the way that your body wants to unravel and find its own alignment and its own harmony and um it happens over time and so yeah it's not um it can be a very big experience if that's what you're ready for and generally people who are ready for that that happens and then you know for people who are like i don't think i'm ready for a big cathartic thing it can just be a very simple slow process that feels really nourishing and can happen over time so you are in complete control of the amount of release and of opening that occurs during a session and so with the sessions i always like to let people know that they do build on themselves the first session is kind of like "Ooh, what's she gonna do what am I going to feel? What's going to come up? And so we tend to really kind of be a little bit more in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the second session is like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I trust her. So you allow yourself to go a little deeper. And then generally by the third session, you've created enough of a relationship that you feel really held. And then it's just you being able to surrender more and more to your own process. And that process is so powerful because really what it is, is bringing the mind in service to the body. It's really allowing the mind-body connection to come together and to be restored. Because so many, almost all of us have been socialized out of our connection to our body. And especially for women, I mean, gosh, we've, our culture values so much the mind and literally so many of us don't even feel safe in our bodies and so i find that this healing is very revolutionary because it's really learning to trust your body again and i feel like this is what energy healing is all about because energy speaks to us through sensation through emotion by hearing things, feeling things, being able to understand the multidimensionality of our human experience, right? We have to be in the body, trusting that deeper knowing that's in our bones, that's in our tissues, right? Um, so, and, and some energy healing really is more upper chakras, more like spiritual and out here, which is beautiful um, and can be very nourishing. But this, this modality in particular is very body-based and really coming back home to our humanity and our divinity. It's like merging the spiritual, beautiful upper chakras with our denser lower chakras and beginning to really learn what it means to harmonize the 
denser, more dark aspects of ourselves. And this is really where Tantra comes in. <laughs> yeah. I think right? too, like um, with the energy healing, like if we're not able to access our full physical self, which a lot of people don't like, it took me, I feel like until I discovered Reiki, I was like, just like floating from my heart up, like just that's about it. But yeah we have to be able to come all the way inside of our body for us to like really experience it. So I feel like this is a way for people to access it in, um, in a different capacity. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, it's like, um, living from the heart up is really beautiful. And I think a lot of people are happy there, but Tantra brings us into our root and it brings us into where we tend to suppress and repress all the emotions, all the feelings that we don't feel safe or the parts of ourselves that we don't love, we kind of suppress and put it down into our pelvic region. And so through somatic energetic healing, it's almost like we get to go into those depths and we don't have to process it, go through it, like remember the story or what exactly it is. We can just feel into that emotional holding or the energy itself and let it just come up and move through the body. So a lot of my clients say, you know, within a 90 minute session, it feels like they've just done three years of therapy because it's going to where the pattern has rooted in the body and it's like we're taking those roots and, and liberating them so that there can be more spaciousness for fresh energy to come in um, to help us to evolve as human beings, right? Like yeah. That's kind of the, the main focus of the work is like in Tantra, it's all about remembering that we are blissful, radiant beings. And that even though life is hard and there's pain and there is um, struggle and obstacles that we have to navigate, that if we can come into a space where we understand that everything is here to teach us, everything is here to help us grow, we actually liberate ourselves from holding on to the pain or the suffering and we get to experience it, allow it to move through us, and then essentially allow us to elevate because we've learned through through pain or we've learned through difficulty right so that's in essence why tantra and kundalini bodywork these two things really go together so beautifully because um, we're really bringing in once we clear the channels we bring in a state of non-duality meaning that we see all of existence as one wholeness and there is no right or wrong or good or bad there's just the experience and how we relate to that experience and what we learn through that experience knowing that we are these eternal beautiful beings right so if that makes any sense <laughs> makes sense to me that's <laughs> good <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know like just the basis of what is kundalini like the oh yeah energy like that word i feel like people mm -hmm. hear that you know there's kundalini yoga there's something like this where you're working with the kundalini but mm -hmm. how would you yeah. just kind of explain that to somebody who's never heard that yeah so the the most beautiful way that i can explain it is that 
when the goddess decided to create the universe, it was through her exhale. So she inhaled and she had this spark of inspiration. And as she exhaled, she created the universe. And within the universe, she hid herself in every particle, meaning that she hid herself in all of us. So Kundalini, I think, is what from what my understanding is, and I'm not saying that I know anything, <laughs> but from my own experience. No, we're Kundalini. not looking for a scientific definition. Or <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's the spark of aliveness that comes into a fetus when the heart starts to beat. Okay, no one can really understand this. No one knows why it happens, but there is this spark of aliveness, and I feel like that is Kundalini. That is Shakti, that is the goddess coming in, creating a rhythmic, cyclical um, pattern within the body that begins to pump the blood, that begins to nourish the organs, that begins to grow the beautiful body. And so Shakti is flowing through us all the time. She is in everything. Um, Kundalini Shakti, she is the taste, the tactile the texture, the, the experience, the emotion. She is the, the color, the, just like the life that we see. This is Kundalini Shakti, right? And then there's a few different phases that we get to experience her. So that first phase is just realizing like Shakti energy, life forces and everything. And then to, to say a kundalini awakening is kind of a misnomer because kundalini is always awake. She's always around us. And yet there is um, a specific expression of her that they say resides down at the base of our spine. And at certain moments when there is a harmony that arises within the body she actually wakes up and rises through the spine and this is what a lot of people are talking about when they have a kundalini awakening or a kundalini rising and this is kind of like a spontaneous lightning bolt of energy that rises up through the spine mine wasn't so much a lightning bolt but it was definitely an exuberance uh, a rising energy and in this form of Kundalini, she is in her evolutionary form and she is known as Prana Shakti or Prana Kundalini. And so- Life force. This uh, life force that lives at the base of our spine really is spiritual fuel. It's meant to be um, this force of remembrance that rises within our spinal column. And as it rises, it comes through each one of the chakras. And as it comes to the third eye, to the Ajna chakra, it merges with Shiva. So Shakti is more feminine, Kundalini is more feminine energy. And as she rises through the spine, she meets Shiva, which is the masculine energy, which is consciousness. And as this happens then, you begin to merge in oneness with God, with goddess, with all that is, um, not feeling any separation, feeling the oneness with, with the universe. And <laughs> this, is, this is really where we remember that 
we are eternal, blissful, radiant beings, and that we really are spiritual beings living in this human body, and that this human body is such a beautiful instrument that we get to play and experience the spectrum of life, right, through. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful. my explanation that. of, of Kundalini. Um, some people, you know, so when this happens, though, when she rises, if we haven't cleared the pathways or if we've identified ourselves with our trauma, our pain, if we identify ourselves with our emotional experiences and we have repressed this energy and we've, you know, we have a dense, uh, like, shadow or we've you know not dealt with certain things what this evolutionary form of kundalini this prana is going to bump up against those things and that's why some people say it's dangerous some people have go into psychosis because all of their stuff i don't know <laughs> i want to say shit but i don't know if you no, you can you can you can yeah okay all, all the <laughs> shit gets um get all the stuff that you withhold or you suppress i mean it gets amplified right and so it can kind of bring in too much um you know it, it makes you process things it's helping you remember it's like oh the reason why you don't believe you're valid or beautiful or deserving is because of this and so then it amplifies those feelings and it can be really intense and so that's why kundalini body work i think is so powerful because there's so many of us that are longing for that deeper connection to spirit and are know that there is so much more to our physical body than just our the physical form. Like there's layers to us and and you know, there's this multidimensional experience that we can have. But to be able to understand those experiences and to go there, we have to move through the shadow. We have to feel everything and we have to remember, realize and remember that we're not that. We're not what we've been through. We're not our trauma. We're not um, the emotions that move through us. We are actually these powerful, radiant beings that are continuously blossoming in one way or another. <laughs> so yeah i think of it like water too like this energy just flowing through us but like if we have all of these blocks these things in the way it's going it's gonna pool and then flood and it doesn't work the way it should like it doesn't have the yeah. pathways as you say to go through all the way yeah. up but gets stuck so exactly that's why things like energy work and it doesn't have to be only through like a healing session it could be things you do for yourself and breath uh, yes. work and different practices like the qigong and the things that you teach but yeah. having some way to access those blocks and be able to identify so then you can see okay these are ooh, these are the emotions that are holding me back and it's not like they'll go away in like one session yeah. one day like one time you identify it it's like they, things come up and again and again so i think i don't know about tantra but um i feel like that's kind of the whole point is being able to still experience life even if things are 
not always positive. Right. Tell me yeah, if that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Tantra is really the practice of unifying like this human experience and our spiritual experience. It's all about being in the body. Yeah. You know, and you've got the right hand Tantra, the left hand Tantra, white Tantra, red Tantra. Um, I think the main premise of Tantra is that life is sacred no matter what is happening. And I think a lot of times the reason why in the West we've embraced the sexual aspect of it is because our sexuality is the largest shadow of humanity that we deal with. Like we are, there's so much distortion and misunderstanding and just disconnection around what our, the truth of our sexuality is. And so I think in the West here, we've really kind of emphasized the sexual part because it's the foundation of where we come from. But when you go into like classical Tantra, it really is learning how to harmonize the denser, lower energies in the body, the fear, the guilt, the shame, um, anger, you know, all like the more uh, lower vibration. And I just mean like denser energy. It's learning how to harmonize with those. It's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I do get angry and sometimes I'm really fearful and it's not denying these aspects of ourselves, but how can we fully embrace all of who we are? And so we really like with classical Tantra, you work to open the root. You begin to break apart that fear of not being supported, of not being uh, part of the clan or belonging, you know, and begin to really hold yourself as you feel these things and, and harmonize them so then the energy isn't so dense. And then you learn how to keep building that energy to bring it up through the chakras. So, yeah, it's the classical Tantra is all energy work. It's all meditation, breath work, learning how to soften through your root, through your perineum, merging with the earth, breaking the earth so that you can let the truth of your experience be fully felt and no matter what it is and love it into that wholeness. And we bring it up through the fire of the solar plexus where it's purified then brought into the heart and brought up into you know, the upper chakras where then we can connect the divine spirit. And um, yeah, <laughs> once you get there, there's like, that's like the bliss. That's the, um, I can't remember the name right now, but just like that pure the consciousness. Yeah. It's having that pure channel to spirit. Um, so yeah, classical Tantra, I'm super in love with it. I, I, you know, it's it's such a, a powerful path of awakening. Um, and then, you know, going into the, the sexual practices are just so, oh, so sweet. And it's really about deep intimacy and how can we truly be with one another, holding ourselves, but also opening with the depth of love and presence with another, you know? It's, it's really, it's profound path, <laughs> I think, for people. Yeah. Do you find that there's like <laughs> common blockages and stuff that people will come to the practice with? 
Yeah. Most of us have blocked roots, you know, um, we don't even really know, especially for women. It's like, we want to receive, we want to be able to be receptive beings, but I think because of patriarchy and because of the way that the feminine has been devalued and distorted throughout history, you know, we have these imprints within ourselves. And so for many of us, there's blocks around our root, our sacral chakra. I mean, all of them, but uh, throat is a big one. Throat, sacral, and root um, tend to be always kind of where I find myself focusing with a lot of people because it's only through truly knowing that we're safe in this body, that we're safe here on the planet. I mean, that's kind of a big deal at this time because of everything that's happening. Um, but like really feeling into, I am an eternal being. I am completely supported, like to feel that and to open the root and feel that connection to the earth can feel just like the most amazing thing ever. And it's not that easy. No. <laughs> you know? So it's like really my joy of my work is bringing people into that place of like connection. And this is where the somatic aspect comes in because it's really like widening our capacity to go slow, to soften and actually feel what it is to be grounded, to actually merge with the earth, opening through the base of our pelvis, softening through our tailbone and actually feeling ourselves supported. It's uncomfortable, I think, for people. Like, for me, like, when I first started doing meditations, like, it'd be those types of meditations that's, like, imagine there's roots coming out. I'm, like, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, I didn't, I had, like, such an aversion to it. I just wanted to be, like, floating. Like, right. and so I feel like it takes a lot for people to get to a point where they can even want to explore that. But I feel like something like this is so helpful because it's not, I think we really have to have movement, like whether it's this or like dancing or yoga or something, but like Mm -hmm. some kind of movement in conjunction with the spiritual practice. Because I feel like there's so many people, yeah, who get stuck in the mind and then it's scary to go down to, yeah, like the root, the sacral. And I see those same issues with people um in terms of psychic work and and also with um physical body it's like always a lower back shoulders for women that where they have pain and it's like I think men you know they hold pain in different ways but it's kind of interesting to see how those things line up with yeah like our energy centers and what the what that symbolizes and like I think that's a helpful tool for people to access like for me I'm having all this jaw pain and I'm like okay what is connected to that like and how can I examine further because it's like yeah it's never comes from nothing no no I truly believe that every physical imbalance or disharmony has a um, energetic emotional root so any yeah, any I mean, tips for jaw pain? Ooh, <laughs> sounding for you, sounding like making noise. Uh, uh, 
taking your jaw, massaging it. Even in medical Qigong, it would be taking your fingertips and feeling as if your fingertips extended another fingertip width and combing through the jaw, mm. letting go of maybe times where you were muzzled. I mean, when we go back through lifetimes, right, of, of being female or of our soul, if we were ever female, it's been such a different experience than it is now, especially for us who are more um, spiritual, you know, so that witch wound is there. And I've always find like around the throat or the jaw, these things can arise because it's old stories around where there was trauma or where you couldn't talk, um, you couldn't express yourself, so you withheld, right? It can also be a stress response of clenching the jaw, like, yes. you know, so softening, like combing through, uh, like having a bowl of water or a candle, and you just take it. I'm going to really. do that after this. Yeah. And then sound. Ah. And playing with sound, you know, making sounds that you don't normally make, you know, that can feel uncomfortable because it may bring up an emotion that you're holding there. Right. We all get in like comfort zones with certain uh, ways of um, releasing, especially yeah. like as healers. But we have to remember that, like, we have to try and evoke maybe something that we are not comfortable with. And so instead of just like, ah, it could be, ah, you may feel it through your whole body and it might not just be the jaw, but there can be a connection. Yeah, I feel like that's in my shoulder. Well, and right? I know like it, and the hips are very much connected to our jaw as well. So yeah. I feel like it is for me, like a past life stuff keeps coming up. And also I feel like in this life, <laughs> like no, just for sure. showing up for myself and things like that. But it's, yeah. um, it's very interesting. Right. Not there's fun, so many... but, but there's <laughs> ways to work through it. Well, and everything that we experience is an opportunity for us to learn more and to grow. So what are you learning through your jaw? And maybe that's why it just keeps flaring up. Or if there's something there, it's like wanting you to remember something. So like sitting with it, like, what are you learning right now about it? What you've already know, what you've done so far and treating yourself. Like it's an opportunity for you to continue to learn and to, to liberate more energy. So. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. But yeah. And with the movement too, that's the very feminine expression. So, you know, for a lot of people, when they learn meditation, they learn to sit and to mm -hmm. be still and to go into silence and to come into a very masculine, and I'm not meaning gender wise, I just mean um, when in Tantra, we're not talking about gender when we speak of the masculine, we're speaking of pure consciousness, we're speaking of that observer, that it's almost like the void. It's like so the doing. Meditation. Yeah. We're just like meditation is like, you know, you go into spaciousness, you go into that pure masculine uh, space. And that's actually a very advanced practice. Like, <laughs> so for many of us, that does not feel comfortable because 
there's so much inside of us that we have not dealt with. And so the movement, like when I go into meditation, I'm like, ah, like get it to get it to move through. Because then once I once I allow it to come through, then that state of stillness and presence and being able to like hmm, grasp and touch the the void within me, the nothingness and the everythingness is a lot easier. So that's why I love this modality as well. It's the movement, it's the feminine aspect. It's that um, the Shakti, the aliveness in the body that we're really connecting to, to make, to allow that aliveness to flow through with ease so that we can be expressive, so that we can feel the joy and the bliss and remember that you know, it's it's a blessing to be here in this human body at this time. Yeah, I um last month I took this class about ISIS with Daily Little, who is my Reiki teacher, who's been on the podcast. Yeah. If people want to listen to that, but um, we did a dance practice in it where we like connect with ISIS, and you like close your eyes and you do all this dancing, and then so I've been doing that, um. And it's been really interesting. And I think there's so many different ways that we can connect, whether it's like you're intentionally trying to connect with the specific energy or not, but like connecting with your own energy, moving it through rather than it being so, yeah, like you said, it's this masculine energy. Yeah. In terms of like, you're doing, you're, you're trying so hard. Mm eventually you don't have to try you can just go into meditation and you're in there but like you say it that's it's not like you can just do that after one meditation so yeah. it can be feel very difficult and i feel like something like that should be joyous and fun and blissful like you said like so having some kind of physical movement i think is essential definitely Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's get into, I want to just ask you some questions and kind of get into okay. a little bit about how you got into these practices. So mm -hmm. I know that you, before this, were doing massage and facials, but I just want to hear a little bit about your trajectory. And we can start at the very beginning where you grew up mm -hmm. or if there's a specific point in time you feel yeah. that impacted kind of your journey to get into searching and trying to find something to help you connect. And then obviously now you're helping others. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, since the time I was born, I have been a spiritual person my whole life. Um, my life, if my life could just be ritual and ceremony, I think I'd be really happy. And it's always been there. So, you know, from a young age, my family was very Christian. And so it was Jesus. And then uh, mid-teens, I really started questioning, like, well, is there only one truth? I don't believe there's just one truth. And I started exploring other religions and practices and found Wicca. And so decided there for a while that I was a witch because it just felt so right to honor the seasons, to feel the energies of the crystals and the plants and to be able to heal with my hands and 
it's really through that journey of moving from a Christian into a witch that I found Reiki. And so I became a Reiki master in my early, early 20s when I turned 20. Um, it was like 2000, I think it was. And I was doing Reiki for a few years. And or during that time, I also became a massage therapist because I felt like the two of them went together. So I did massage for a long time, taught Reiki for a long time and felt like you know, the massage was a lot of work. <laughs> and yes. so I was inspired to become an esthetician because then I could still do the Reiki. I could still do massage, but not have to do the whole body. It was a lot lighter on my, on my body. Um, and it was through becoming an esthetician. I actually, um, I'm a naturopathic esthetician. So there was a lot of nutrition and holistic skincare that I learned through that program, which really inspired me then to become a health coach, because it's one thing to work topically with the body. It's another thing to work internally through diet. So, and always being kind of health conscious, I was, you know, I was really drawn to that. So I became a health coach. Um, and then through the health coaching found Ayurveda and always had a strong yoga practice ever since I was probably 16, um, but found Ayurveda and became an Ayurvedic yoga teacher so that as I was a health coach, I kind of had a focus around Ayurveda. And even through my skincare program, we focused on Ayurvedic skincare. So it all kind of came together. Um, and it was through Ayurveda that I really dove more deeply than into Tantra and found, you know, the, the, not just the sexual Tantra that I had heard about, but the actual classical Tantra, the, the Kundalini Yoga, the, you know, different ways of accessing spiritual energy within the body. And so started practicing, decided to become a Tao Tantric, or a Tao Tantric facilitator. And then through that became a Qigong teacher. And yeah, and so it's just kind of the evolution um, came through. And so as I, you know, did the Tao Tantra, where we, it's a blend of Taoist techniques and tantric techniques that I had my, my Kundalini rising. I had a full spontaneous activation. And so of course, through that, there was my whole process of that, that brought me to my Kundalini bodywork. And so I studied with my teacher for a year and then last year got to go study with him for a full month in person, um, which, yeah, then kind of just brought everything back around to the energy healing. And um, yeah, and then through that, I wanted to work more specifically even just with the spine because um, the Kundalini body works very emotional. It's very much working with the chakras and, and sexual energy being life force energy, bringing energy in through the root. It's, it's a pretty big experience. So I wanted to have something too that was maybe not as intense, but more specific to working with people on kind of a clinical level. And that's where the spinal energetics comes in. And I'm currently just finishing up my final um, aspects of that course. But spinal energetics is like um, a chiropractic treatment but with energy. So there's no force, there's no pressure. I use very light touch and use the energy of your body to have the spine kind of adjust itself. And so it's the merging now where mm. today I'm merging these two modalities so it can be somewhat clinical and deeply therapeutic 
Um, but yeah, so, and here I am today. <laughs> with the, um, with the spinal energetics, is, is it similar to like a cranial sacral kind of thing or no? Mm, no, it's, it's a lot like the, uh, Kundalini body work actually. Um, where I just feel through the energy of the spine, I actually do a couple of assessments to see where the tension patterns are being held in the spine. And then there is a certain number of processes that I, I kind of choose from. So what I see presenting, let's say, you know, through my assessment process, I've, I realize that they have a lot of tension up in their neck, right? And so I'll begin with the neck and I'll just very gently touch the major spine which is the actual spine and wait for the spine to kind of let me in energetically and then i create kind of a, a I, I wait for resonance and then i i activate the energy and then bring the energy up through the different layers of the energetic field and so i'll feel resonance in different layers and then i'll activate there and what this does is when a person has a strong mind body connection they'll feel it and they'll have an initial desire to stretch and so that's the body feeling the energy when it gets activated and then wanting to find its own alignment. So in essence, it's a lot like the Kundalini body work. You don't just lay there and receive, you actually let the body readjust itself. And so I've had people have spontaneous clicks and, you know, um, things coming back into place on their own and not from like, I will you do that for me? Um, I wonder if that would help yeah. my jaw. I oh, feel like totally. that would help my jaw. Um, we'll sure. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just had that thought in my mind. I was like, that sounds like something I need. Um, yeah, so, that's so interesting. Yeah, so they really go together, you know. Um, and so merging the two has been really fun because it's it's can still be this very deep cleansing and clearing of the channels, but then also very specific to where tension patterns are being held, where there's been injury, where, you know. So. Do you feel like when you did this course to learn about this, do you feel like it was easier for you to sense the resonance because you've already done like Reiki and like other things? Like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like for certain more um, medical people, they might not mm -hmm. be able to tap <laughs> in like easy, you know, yeah. it might be more difficult. No, I've been working with energy since I was 16 years old. So all of these modalities come very, very, very easy to me. So, and I, and I get it on a, on a very, um, on a quick, in a short amount of time, like it, it clicks with me. It's just done before. And I saw the uh, Kundalini bodywork. I just knew that that's why I came to the planet. And then when I received it for the first time, I was like, this is what I have been waiting for. You know, like with the Reiki, doing Reiki for so long, there's a part of me that kind of got bored with it. Like I knew there was more, I knew it. And, and when I found Kundalini bodywork, when I found the spinal energetics, I was just like, this is it. This is why I'm here. This is my purpose. Like I know that 
everything has led me to this point now. It's all coming together. It all plays a role. Um, and yeah. So you feel like it's like a remembering, like you like remember it from another life or something. Yeah. For sure. I feel like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Not, not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm doing my work, I can, you know, see five people in one day and not feel depleted or tired. I am ecstatic. I feel like I have, you know, I've, finally found what I came here to do so it's amazing (laughs) and everyone you know I haven't had one person yet be like hmm I'm not sure how I feel about that you know everyone just feels like wow that was so beautiful and interesting and different and they all feel really good and they feel you know it's subtle but they feel the shifts and, you know, it can bring up stuff. It can bring up like what we're ready to heal, but we can't go around these things. We have to let them come up and go through through it for it to be liberated. And so I just kind of get to be the midwife for that, <laughs> which is so special. That's yeah. beautiful. Do you bring in like, um, if you ever like see something that might be helpful in terms of like, food or herbs or like all your other knowledge you bring that forward for clients too most definitely yeah so you know it's we only have a certain amount of time so I really like to kind of dial in on what it is that wants to be transformed or where how do my clients want to feel and what's in the way of that so that we can really go to to the block to the place where they're feeling withheld or where they withhold Um, And with all the Ayurvedic training, you know, I can really look at someone and kind of get a good idea of what their dosha is um, and how, so like their doshas are elementally, how the elements are playing out in their body. If they're more fiery, if they're more watery, if they're more airy, I can really kind of tune into that. Um, And if it does come up, you know, I always am able to offer dietary suggestions home care suggestions I mean gosh I have like so many tools to offer to for people to bring home and continue um, to use after their sessions so yeah Mm, I feel like you I don't know if you already do this but you should do like packages or something where like a coat like coaching but with the energy so you could help people more through like a longer term thing but you also teach classes and if anyone's local to Sonoma County where we live um everything that I'll link feathers information in the show notes so people can find your Instagram and you have a website right Mm -hmm. your website and all of that so if people want to like find out more about how to experience this so with this is it um only in person or do you do it online how does so that work? I, I do online sessions as well as in-person sessions. So, so what's really neat about, you. yeah, energy healing doesn't need to be in the same space. It's, you know, it, it transcends time and space and can be done over Zoom. So, yeah, I do online sessions as well as in-person. 
And um, I also offer Qigong classes. Um, I teach womb yoga for women. Um, it's a really beautiful practice of really honoring our cycles and the powers of, of being in a female body. Uh, it's a really beautiful, beautiful meditative practice, not so much focused on asana, although there is some asana. It's mostly kind of like a Qigong practice where we're taking the energy of the womb, meeting it with the heart and really clearing the pathway between the heart and the womb so that we can use our compassion to fuel our passion and to take our passion to fuel our compassion. <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah, it's a beautiful practice. Yeah. So when you're practicing with the the healing sessions, I just want to kind of have you talk to us a little bit about your experience because a lot of people listening, as I said to you when we were talking about doing this, a lot of people listening are also intuitives, healers. And I feel like it's really important and helpful when you're first getting into those things to kind of just hear about how others experience it. For me, a lot of it is physical, but also be like seeing things, feeling things. It's like multidimensional. So I just want to kind of talk to you about how that is for you. Like when you're working, Mm -hmm. how does it feel? You have like an intuitive ability. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I know that also comes in. Yeah. But I'd love to just have you just try to if try to explain it. It's it's hard to explain these things. So so I think it would be helpful for people to hear. Yeah. So as a practitioner, what I find is really important about this work is that when a client comes to me, they're not surrendering to me. So if you think about with massage, with chiropractic, with any sort of doctor, with really, and even Reiki, you're kind of giving over your power to the practitioner, where in this modality, it's the opposite. As a practitioner, my true focus is literally being like a tuning fork. (laughs) That's kind of how I explain it. And so before a session, I will make sure all of my chakras are open and that I am in a level of coherence with love. Um, I clear my field. I raise my vibration to be in alignment with cosmic forces as well as deeply rooted within the earth. So when the session, when my, when my client comes in, there is this already, like I'm the tuning fork. I'm the resonance that is welcoming their body into a higher state. And then as I start the session, it's really about kind of first feeling where there is depletion. So I can kind of feel dips in the field. I can feel places where my hands are like magnets drawn to different areas. When I do my assessments, that's more of kind of a clinical thing, but it's also showing me where the tension patterns are mostly held in the spine that then kind of um, validate my more intuitive take on it. And then when I'm bringing in chi and prana, 
you know, through my Qigong practice, I, I feel the Qi all the time. So as I work with the root, I'm really connecting to the earth Qi, bringing the earth Qi up through my legs, down my arms and through my hands. And I bring that earth Qi in through their root. And sometimes it bounces back <laughs> into my hand. Sometimes it's just kind of builds up, builds up, and I can kind of swirl it and it softens and then I can feel it coming in through their root and then I just kind of help it up the spine. A lot of times it'll get stuck so then I use what is known as tantric healing where my hands are like magnets. So as a practitioner I'm never drawing anything into my body that isn't of the earth or the heavens. I'm not um, like even as I draw things out of the body, like with magnet with my hands, kind of draw it out into the field, I'm using my high vibrational energy and my connection with spirit to then transform that energy into radiant positive chi. So as emotions come into the field, it's not even like I'm throwing them out. or My guides call it usable, usable energy. Recycle yeah. it recycle right it. so you transform it you bring it into a higher vibrational frequency and then you draw it back into their body so it's not even like i'm channeling too much earth chi or bringing too much heavenly chi in it's like once there's enough chi for the body to awaken and do its own unraveling then i'm just there helping to facilitate what their body wants to do so i'm just watching like I don't necessarily like see colors, but I can tell where there's blockages um, just by how their body's moving. And I think that's what's kind of cool about this modality is that they're not just laying there and I'm witnessing their energy. I'm actually seeing how their energy moves through their body. I'm noticing when there's like not enough, much range of motion in their hips or, um, where there's a jerkiness or, you know, I'm kind of reading their body and just being there as a, a facilitator to help the flow of chi move through more easily. And so I'll use a uh, gentle touch. So if I'm noticing or I'm feeling too. So sometimes um, I have my, my chi up at a higher vibration and I'm tuning in. So I'm very um, empathic in that way of like, I can feel their emotion. I can feel what's happening for them. And so the more I feel it, the more they feel it. So if I can feel like there's grief, then I kind of bring grief and more grief into the field so that they feel safe to feel more grief, right? Does that make sense? Or if there's anger, I let my anger come up, not theirs. I don't take their anger into my body. But if I intuit that there's like anger that wants to be re released, I can call upon my anger, which then gives them, you know, we're very much um, reflections, reflection, right. So, you know, it's what's cool about this work is I'm not taking on anything. I am in this, my experience. And too, if I feel like I'm too much in their field, I always step back and like come back into my own energy, feeling my chi. Cause literally I could just stand there and not use my hands at all and just beam my own energy, open my chakras and start being in my own field, which would activate them. That's kind of what, um, so in CAP, it's called Kundalini Activation Process. 
those practitioners are literally bringing high vibrational energy into their field and just transmitting it into the field. And that's what wakes up movement in the body of others. And so, mm. yeah, so there's, it's really cool. It's not like I'm, uh, I don't take on anything. I don't feel depleted. I'm not channeling energy through my body like Reiki. Although sometimes I'll bring Reiki into the field. I'll bring in, you know, some of the symbols to help if there's something going on, but I'm not constantly channeling, right? I'm like more like, Ooh, in this moment, how can I be more full to allow them to be more full or um, if that makes any sense? <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I just like getting this vision. Like it's like, um, like solar energy, like rather than like electricity or something. Mm. It's just like going rather yeah. than it coming through a circuit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right it's like the Which, radiance it's like a beaming of yeah that's so interesting yeah it's really cool it's really cool because even like with reiki i know that there were days where i do you know like three or four reiki sessions at the end of the day i was pretty tired because it was like i was streaming that light through me and it was just like maintaining that focus and like like sending and feeling it was somewhat exhausting whereas with this modality even though i'm bringing in reiki and i'm channeling earth chi and heavenly chi it's not this constant thing it's like ooh, it's more like i'm kind of like a dance for me where i'm just like bringing in the chi i'm noticing i'm bringing awareness to different areas and i'm trusting truly in their body's ability to heal like if i can truly bring that energy into the field of like your body knows exactly what to do and i completely trust your body they can start picking up on that through limbic resonance right through um just that that field of consciousness that their body's like oh i can feel safe here to unravel i can feel safe here to to open and discharge the stress and i know i'll be held you know so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, I, awesome. I definitely <laughs> feel like the idea of that of just being the the light beam <laughs> or whatever, like that's very interesting to me because I think Reiki um is is very powerful, but I also I feel like a lot of people don't always get the most training that they that they to fully understand how it's working for them and that's also just practice because everyone experiences it differently but I feel like it is easy for us to take on other people's emotions if we don't understand like the boundaries part of that too so oh, I think with something like this it's like you don't you're already doing that boundary by just being like you said in your own energy yep I feel I'm like a tuning this. fork and through my resonance it invites your body's resonance to match to rise you know so I'm in a I'm in the process of creating the holistic energetic practitioner program and the whole first part of it is self-attunement it's learning how do I even 
open my chakras and what does my how does it feel when my chakras are open you know how does it feel when my meridians are flowing how does it feel when my auric field has holes and isn't strong and buoyant like how does energy even move in my body where are my blocks how can i tell when there's my blocks like i think the first part of being an energy healer is really knowing how energy moves in your body and what is yours right? yeah so that's you... like uh, so important but it's also so hard right it's a practice and you know and i think it's unfortunate because a lot of energy healers don't know and then they enmesh with their clients and then they end up taking on stuff and you know end up getting sick and you know, like energetic hygiene. Everybody should be doing energetic hygiene practices, clearing their field, clearing through their chakras every day. Like that's why the Qigong I feel like is so powerful is because that's exactly what it's all about. It's learning how to move qi in the body and to um, open the channel so that you're not holding on to other people's stuff. And it should be a huge focus and as practitioners, you know, our personal practice, it reflects our, our practice. <laughs> yeah. And our ability to like, keep sustaining, like you say, you're, you are able to do like yeah. five sessions a day and not feel exhausted. I feel like it's totally. easy for us to think we can do more than we can, but also when we have that separation point where we can like separate ourselves from others. Yeah it's so helpful because it's so easy yet yeah, especially like anything physical like aesthetics or massage so many people don't talk about that <laughs> and so you're just like living with all these people's energy yeah at the end of every session i cut the cords bonds ties and karma that me and the client shared through the session i allow them to return to their sovereignty as i now call myself back into my sovereignty and I find that by cool. the fifth session, I'm like zooming. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> like I've been doing it all day that I'm just like zing, like in the field, you know, whereas like with massage or aesthetics by the fifth one, it's just like, oh God, I'm going to be done. Like I can't wait to be done. So it's way less taxing to be the tuning fork. <laughs> mm, <that's laughs> way so more enlivening. <laughs> so. I love it. Um, like I just my job title actually. I've decided to call the it tuning my, fork. Uh, the tuning fork. Like I'm just a human tuning fork. <laughs> I love that. Anyways, yeah. I experienced um some tuning fork stuff this week, and it was really interesting because I have them and I'll use them. Um, but someone used it on me in a different way where they were using like the vibration part to like break stuff up rather than like the mm. sound is what I usually use. And I was like, oh, I want to start bringing this into like a facial. I feel like that would feel so nice because it like vibrates yeah, my... on your skin. Yeah, in my training, uh, we learned a full tuning fork facial where we would it's not just the sound you actually use the tuning forks yeah. on the different points and then you can actually use them for lymphatic drainage as well so you're using Ooh, the vibration and the frequency yeah that sounds Beautiful. amazing you can bring it around the eyes and yeah it's it's magic 
<laughs> I have these different ones that are also associated with like different parts of the body. So I, mm. it would be so curious to see like what the lymph ones do in with that technique. I'm going to try that. I feel like you glitched for a second. <laughs> I did glitch for a second. <laughs> it says my internet is unstable. Oh, well, we can hear you now. Um, okay, I was just saying that I'm going to have to try that with the tuning forks. Definitely. Well, before we close out again, if anyone wants to connect with Feather, all her info will be in the show notes. I encourage you if you are listening and you are local to Sonoma County to see her in person, but also I know anyone listening, we have some international listeners too um you can book on, you can book online but i'm i would love like briefly before we close out to talk a little bit about your like more the priestess practices i know you're you connect mm. with like mary magdalene and i am very um connected to her in spirit so i i don't know a whole lot about it um <clears throat> in terms of that lineage but i just love to hear like how that experience is and what is her energy her experience for you oh this is my favorite question <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to talk about this enough um mm, Mary Magdalene for me she is the ultimate guide through the rose lineage and through the rose teachings um, for me and my practice with her is truly it goes back to like my main practice um, of merging my divinity and my humanity. Mary Magdalene, gosh, spoke to me for years and years. And, and for a while, since I grew up Christian, there was a little trigger there where I was like, no, you're in the Bible. <laughs> I'm not interested. And she kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And uh, when I lived in Hawaii, she really came to me and I sat with her for had four years pretty consistently. Um, my practices with her, oh, anointing. There's just so many beautiful aspects of her presence in my life when it comes to honoring my feminine body, my sacred sexuality, um, the way I express my sexuality and the power that comes with it. And the merging really of the God and goddess within me in holy union. Um, she guided me to follow the Venus cycle. So um, the planet Venus has a very beautiful cycle through the heavens that you can witness. And it's almost more of my guiding point rather other than the moon. Right now she's in her morning star phase and she meets with the moon on the, um, it's the waning crescent right now. That monthly you'll see them meet um, and it's an activation point. And Mary Magdalene was a huge um, mentor in, Thinking with the Venus cycle and understanding the lineage of the rose. Venus actually creates what is a five-pointed star 
but when you look at it through the sacred geometry, it looks like a five-petaled rose. And I didn't so, know that. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And so I literally every month will go out underneath the moon. When I lived in Hawaii, it was so easy because it's always beautiful there. Um, but now that I live here in Sebastopol, I've actually, the days where Venus meets with the moon so far, I've got to see every moon conjunction. Um, but yeah, these are sacred points um, that activate energy in our body. So through a lot of different um, people who follow Venus, they link the moon and, the, and Venus coming together as a chakra activation. But when Mary Magdalene came to me and sat with me in meditation and I synced with the Venus cycle, she told me that there was a new map and it wasn't through the chakras. It was actually through the female sexual organs that with each moon conjunction, there's a different gateway within the female sexual organs that gets activated. And it is a full womb activation. It's a full yoni, vulva, <laughs> um, ovarian activation that we get to experience in two different ways so in her morning star phase it's a clearing so as she moves through the the sexual organs the different points there's different attributes emotions experiences that we get to begin to recalibrate and begin to reflect upon and release the old beliefs and the patterns. And this is what Morningstar is all about. She rises as a heroine in the morning sky. And then there is a point in time where we won't see her. And that's known as her underworld phase, but she's actually traveling behind the sun. And during that time, there's still moon conjunctions. We just can't see them. But it is a deep dive into the deeper aspects, the shadow aspects. It's time for us to like really look at, okay, so these are the things I cleared as she was in the morning sky. How am I integrating that now? And then she rises in the evening sky. So in the evening sky phase, she's reclaiming more truths. And it's as she moves through the, the organs and the gateways, it's... um a remembrance, it's a reclaiming, it's an activating. And then she goes in front of the sun for a few days, it's not very long, and then will rise in the morning sky again, goes into the underworld, rises as the evening star. So it's just this cycle that continues over and over and over again. And it, when you cycle with her, it's just, it's deep and it's profound. And yeah, so Mary Magdalene was really one of the most profound guides on that journey um, and yeah I've been following her very consistently now for gosh six years wow that's a long time mm -hmm. and I'll do it for the rest of my life I I love it I love it so much it it offers such a deep and profound experience, a cyclical experience. You know, as women were such cyclical beings and to be connected to the moon is one thing, but the moon also represents some of that unconscious energy and it's the grandmother. It's, there's, there's some, it's interesting. There's just a lot there. And I think it's really powerful to sync with the moon, but then also to sync with the planet of love and beauty and of, of creativity and magic that Venus is for a woman, I think it's also really profound. So, 
so yeah, so <laughs> Mary Magdalene really brought me into that initiation and also just the initiation of loving my female body, right? Like I'm a very spiritual being and I think when I was younger, I was really, you know, anxious about being in my body and being sexual because I had it ingrained into me that to be sexual is to be unsafe or to be asking for it or you know, that it would be my fault if I was too sexual, if something happened. And so as I started working with Mary Magdalene, there was a big reclamation of actually, no, it's safe for me to be in my body and to be spiritual, that my sexuality is spirituality, it is sacred. And yeah, there's many practices that she's had me do that were super uncomfortable, but I did them. And she brought me to different teachers to help me evolve. Like she really did bring me to my Tao Tantric teachers. Um, I had just gone through a huge training with a woman here in Sonoma County named Marin, Marin Bach Antonsen. She's an amazing priestess. I did her priestess training and it was through there that Mary Magdalene really deeply started awakening more within me and within my meditation and being a guide for me. Um, and so it was through those mm -hmm. priestess practices that, that she came through. And then, gosh, it was after that, it's like, oh, the Tao Tantric stuff came in and the Jade Egg and the sacred breast massage and the sacred love making and the orgasmic manifesting and the sex magic and like all the things I feel like Mary Magdalene was a huge part of because I do believe she was the consort of Jesus and I think that they were lovers and I, I believe that there were codes that they were working together that, you know, the powers that be or whatever weren't comfortable with. So a lot of her story and a lot of her truth was distorted and dismissed and destroyed. So. Yeah, it's very yeah, interesting. She <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, She's a powerful one and yeah, yeah, a huge part of my life is is being in service to the feminine and and listening to her guidance and yeah. So and it's through her too that I re-established a healthy relationship with Jesus and I'm no longer triggered when I, you know. I hear of Christianity. I have a ton of friends who are Christian and there's just a peace now that has come in and an acceptance and a compassion and a love for, for all of it. So I'm really grateful for that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's really, especially if you're raised in something like that, it's so easy to stay angry and there's a lot of things to be angry about rightfully. <laughs> so um centuries of things but, yeah. but I also feel like it's important to like if you're drawn to connect with those guys like Jesus Mother Mary Mary Magdalene like if there's an aversion there there might be something to like investigate and I've had that also come up with Absolutely. clients like with with like angel <laughs> energy I'm like oh there's this angelic energy and they're like ew like I don't like that which you don't have to do anything but yeah. I think it's important like to see why we might be scared to look at that and like Absolutely. I think there's also a lot of ancestral healing and things like that that can happen when you look at like the practices that your family comes from and things like that too. 
So. Definitely. Generally, it's the stuff that we're in resistance to is the stuff that we need. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that with clients booking the like Kundalini, like they are kind of a little scared too, also? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I've had, it's interesting because I've had a lot of clients actually cancel last minute because I've had to up my cancellation policy because I do think like there's this initial, oh, I want to experience that. And they're, oh, they're ready. Like, Wait, and I'm then, scared. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's not a scary experience. I'm a very loving and compassionate person and create really sacred space. So it's like a yeah. mental thing though. I, it, it's, totally. And you can't really do it until you're ready. Like that's the other thing is like, you have to be willing to evolve to be able to come. Like if you are resistant to, I don't know, to any sort of evolution within your being, you're gonna not wanna come, you know what I mean? So whenever there's a big opportunity for transformation or for evolution, our ego will come up and be like, oh, but we've been doing just fine. We've been doing all right. We don't need to do that. That's going to bring up a whole bunch of other stuff and you're good. You're good. You know? And it's like, Oh, okay. I hear that. And I want to be courageous. I want more. There's this deeper yearning, this longing that lives within me that is drawing me towards my evolution. And I, you know, it's like listening to that and trusting that, but also honoring the mind and, and yeah. And, you know, when you know you're ready, you're ready. And it's definitely not as scary as it feel or it seems. It actually is such a beautiful and amazing experience. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you said in the beginning, it's not like you're out of control. No, I think people... at any point you can stop. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this with me today. Thank you. It's such an honor. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you too. Anything else you want to share? Um, any thoughts before we close out? No, I think, I think we all just need to remember that, that life is magical and that really crappy things are happening all the time. And it should inspire us to birth more love because we're all depleted in the love department and that feeling of belonging and I don't know it's through energy healing and just connecting with one another where we begin to feel not so alone so yeah just whoever's watching this just know that you're loved yes <laughs> you are we love you yeah. <laughs> thank you I love you too <laughs> Thank you so much. And for those listening, again, Feather's info's in the show notes. Book a session. Investigate if you feel the call, if you're drawn to do it. Like, I truly believe in that. Like, if we keep hearing about something or we're drawn, we just feel like, oh, that sounds, there's something in it for you. So, like, yeah. if you hear about something again and again, just start being open to trying it and then Go i think it will it. line up it will line <laughs> up if it's supposed to happen yes yes well thank yes, you and we will see you guys in the next episode bye-bye bye, -bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>